0: Welcome to the Homeschool Loftcast, a podcast presented by the Homeschool Loft in De Pere, Wisconsin. Our goal at the Loft is to encourage parents who educate their children at home and let them know that they were both called to and empowered for the task of home-based education. At the Loft itself, we offer one-on-one consultations, book clubs and discussion groups, workshops and seminars, and a curriculum viewing library. Through the Loftcast, we extend our reach to encourage and bless homeschooling parents everywhere. Today, we're joined by someone I know pretty well, my husband, Jeff. Jeff and I have been married for over 30 years and homeschooled our daughters for their whole lives, graduating them together in 2020. Jeff has worked as a training specialist with Schreiber Foods in Green Bay, Wisconsin for five years. And prior to that, he worked in Schreiber's graphic arts department for several years before that, as well as for other companies also doing graphics. But Jeff is also a tent-making missionary using his day job to support his missions endeavors, which include owning and operating a missions mobilizing ministry called Mission Guides. He started that officially in 2003. Jeff is passionate about exposing people to missions-oriented ideas, equipping them to become involved in missions work, and helping them to engage in actual missions experiences. And that's what he's here to talk with us about today. Welcome, Jeff. Hello, homeschool loft.
1: Welcome, Jeff Hollenbeck. (laughs) Jeff, I don't know that we've talked to missions on here. No, we have not. I think you're the first one. Well, well he's the
2: pro. We couldn't bring anybody else in. I mean, there's there else is nobody else. Well, besides, you could have probably yeah. have brought many others, but. Nope, no not true.
1: <laughs> I didn't even know Jeff was coming today. Nope. I surprised you. It was a complete surprise.
0: Okay. In walks Jeff.
1: Yep. In walks Jeff with his special motorcycle kind of <laughs> mask on.
0: We were saying he should bring a cake, but we didn't get a cake. Yeah. All right. <laughs>
1: could go for a cake jeff's trying to get serious and we're not serious on the homeschool loft cast uh, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. come on jeff <laughs> you appeared on an earlier episode haven't you talking about mm-hmm. homeschooling from a dad's perspective
2: mm-hmm.
1: but let's review for our audience a little bit were you always on board with homeschooling tell us about that why or why not
2: oh um well when we first started talking about homeschooling it was it was a long time ago and it wasn't really a, a thing But we we thought it was a good idea, and for a little while I was a youth pastor, Mm -hmm. and I could almost tell who were the homeschoolers and who weren't by just the way they interacted with me and how they carried themselves and just kind of their seriousness. Not that they were serious kids, but they were, you know, they They were were smart. There was something about them that I liked, Mm -hmm. and then. You know, Tina, she had always wanted to do this, even before the kids were born. I think you were (laughs) part of the the Green Bay Area Homeschooling Associations and things like that, just Mm -hmm. to kind of learn about it. Yeah. Um, So I was on board, uh, uh, theoretically, and all that. But it was a little bit weird because um, both my parents were teachers Mm -hmm. in public schools. And I kind of thought, oh, how is this going to look and how are people going to feel and what, you know, are we going to feel strange about this? But Tina just took right to it. And. Almost instantly, everybody saw the proof was in the pudding and uh, <laughs> let's just keep going. Your parents were great. Yeah, they, they really were. I think yeah. they were a little bit weird at first, but yeah.
0: they you know, always they like, thought I was weird already. So well, whatever. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I always think, you know what? We're Bible thumpers. We go, we homeschool. We, yeah. we don't have a microwave or whatever. Well,
0: I have a microwave, but we yeah. still don't, you guys. Okay. <laughs> Well, Jeff, okay. So we're not going to talk super much homeschooling specifically, okay. but in your opinion, what was the best thing that happened during our homeschooling years or the best result that's come from that?
2: Well, I think about my brother saying that he thought it was kind of strange to start. Yeah. You know, this is weird. Yeah. But then, you know, he'd meet my girls during Thanksgiving and Christmas and stuff. And he says, Oh, I've got to really apologize. Cause it's mm-hmm. totally, oh. totally plain that you're doing something right here. Yeah. You know, cause I don't know if he was comparing them, I don't know to his kids or his yeah. school kids or something like that, but he just says, "Wow!" So that was one of the things. Yeah, I also thought the freedom that we had to make anything uh, um, a lesson, anything was a learning opportunity, which was really great. And no kidding, I think the a number one thing is that my daughters got to be with their mom mm-hmm. all the time. I mean, there's something special about that. People don't have that kind of stuff yes, anymore. Yes, I agree. So, you know, I think about when I grew up, my mom was there all the time. There was just that sense of stability. And I just, I like that. Mm-hmm. Even though it was like, oh, we don't have two incomes. What are we going to do about the car or the roof or this or that? We always made it work out somehow. And it was just so nice to have that stability. And I think that's really proven itself out over the years.
0: Mm-hmm. It truly is. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's it. What about missions now? Let's jump into that. When and how, and I know the story, I might have to edit your version of it a little bit, but when Uh and how did you catch the missions bug? Yeah.
2: Yeah, this really could be a long story, but actually- (laughs) We like to
0: let
1: people talk here on the Homeschool Podcast. It's
2: (laughs) it's all totally ironic and topsy-turvy, but I caught it from Tina. (gasps) Tina was- When I lost it. The mission
1: (laughs) bug, yeah. Yeah. You took it right from her.
2: Uh, Okay, so so many details I could share, but when when I first got into uh, college- I got involved with University Christian Fellowship, which sure. was a lot like my high school youth fellowship when I was growing up. So it was kind of a cool Jesus thing that we did. Mm-hmm. But they were talking about the Urbana Missions Conference and missions this and missions that. And I thought, oh boy, missions <laughs> is kind of these weirdos. It's, they're all yeah. too much Jesus. You know, Jesus is cool, but that's just too much, yeah. right? And, you know, kind of wild, crazy people. Uh-huh. And then we graduated. Tina became a church secretary for a person who was very missional. mm
0: -hmm.
2: And she would come home with the... Global Prayer Digest.
0: I was also (laughs) very interested in missions in college. So I was one of these people that he thought was a little bit too weird. So I was quite into it. And then I got this job. So yeah, yeah. you thought
2: like Peace Corps with Jesus or something like that, you know, Mm -hmm. kind of that kind of thing. So she gets this job. She brings Mm -hmm. home the Global Prayer Digest. She brings back this big uh, operation mobilization map that says, you know, pray for the unreached Uh people. It's like, oh. Ooh, do we have to? Oh, Just, kidding. St- we Just kidding. We love Jesus. She's one of those weirdos. And yeah. now it's too late. What am I gonna do? <laughs> right? Oh, but then funny. you invited me to a Bible study with this pastor, mm-hmm. uh, John Peters. Mm-hmm. He's out there in uh, Delaware now, I guess, uh, Pennsylvania. He um, he started telling us some things and he taught us about not only the Great Commission, which like everybody knows because that's the missionary verse, mm-hmm. but then He unloaded us, uh, unloaded on us the uh, Abrahamic covenant at the very beginning of Mm. the Bible. Yeah. And you start realizing that the great commission was just Jesus restating something that had been a part of the Bible and part of the whole God plan for forever from the beginning, you know, God blessing people to be a blessing to the nations so that all the world would come back to him. And I thought, oh, I want in on that because not only was that adventurous. Yeah. It was this big sense of fitting into the giant context and being a part of something that was really special. It wasn't just mm-hmm. strange weirdos who were just yeah. fixated <laughs> on a couple verses. It was, this yeah. is the whole meaning of life. And that's mm-hmm. what was exciting to me. So that's when I really got the bug, but we didn't really get to it. I still had the bug at that and point. She had oh, the bug, did. right? Okay. Mm-hmm. I did. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But then let's go to Urbana. They all say, let's go off and become missionaries somewhere. And we thought we'd become missionaries to Russia. Cause that's when the iron curtain was all opening yeah. up and the same pastor who lit up, who lit me up says, you're not going to be missionaries to Russia. You don't know anything. You, you <laughs> just can't go off to Russia like that. So you got to know something, yeah. you know, you've never been overseas. You have never done nothing. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. So we, uh, we started talking to people, how can we get into this? And we uh, learned about a missionary who said, we'll come and just see what we're doing for a while. Mm-hmm. So we got on an airplane. We got on a car in a car, and we went across the border near Tijuana. And got into Maniadero and stayed for a week in, uh, like a little children's home. And we stayed in the back of this like some crummy old camper or something like that. <laughs> and I felt really stupid for the first couple of days because, you know, I didn't know Spanish. I didn't know the. Bible, you know, like a super evangelist would. I didn't know what the heck I was doing. I just felt very self-conscious. But Tina, she was, you know, speaking Spanish, doing her thing. And of course she was. Yeah, right. So I'm thinking I'm with her planner nonetheless. Right. (laughs) So I'm feeling kind of dumb, like, okay, I crossed the border. I wasn't transfigured. There was nothing (laughs) strange like that. So I'm just this guy, right? Mm Yeah. But then I was like in the middle of the week and I'm waking up in the middle of this, you know, this camper camper Mm -hmm. going wait a second. I don't know anything. I'm kind of dumb. God has me here anyway. So maybe yeah. there's hope for me. Hey, this is really exciting. Let's keep doing this. I'm yeah. in Mexico. Woo-hoo. <laughs> and like at the, the very same
0: instant. Meanwhile, <laughs> the same morning, I yeah. kid you not, yeah. I uh-huh. woke up and I'd been having a great week, right? Yeah. I didn't want to go home yet or anything mm. like that. I sat up and I'm like, I'm not called to this full time. Oh man. <sighs> and it's like, now what? Now what uh. do we do? Because I mean, I felt re- and I'm not yeah. really good at submission, but I was I'm uh, horrible at submission. But I was willing to try, right? So we're talking to the pastor all then.
1: Have sinned and
0: fall short.
1: All have sinned. I'm just kidding. Okay, go No,
0: on. but you know what? So we go talk yeah. to the pastor. What do we do now? Right? And he says, Well, mm. Jeff, your God is not calling your family to missions if Tina isn't called. Mm. And I felt horrible because I wanted to be called. I just yeah. wanted. I'm like, no, no, I'll be called. I'll be called. No, you can't fake it. Yeah,
1: <laughs> it's so true. So then what do we do? Yeah, what happened next?
2: Well, I'm looking for the fine print saying there's got to be a way out of this. Come on, you know, some <laughs> all that the, kind the of Marriage stuff. or missions? <laughs> the whole thing is like, well, not 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 marriage, no, but.
1: <laughs> no. So, see you later, I'm moving
2: to Mexico. <laughs> That's right, I've been called. <laughs> oh but, my goodness, okay. Yeah. So So it was, honestly, it was kind of a big, giant, Bummer! It's like, what are we I'm gonna sure. do? You know, I've got this thing inside me. Like, yeah. how can I not do this? You know? Right. right, Uh, But yeah, it's kind of submission the other way, and you know, my wife, you know, doesn't want to do it. So okay, okay. And I, I'm kidding. And bummed up about it for years. You know? No <laughs> kidding. <It's> like, <laughs> I'm sure. Grumble,
0: yeah. Grumble, grumble I really I felt do.
2: so bad. I didn't yeah. want yeah. to not be called. Uh, yeah. But. Uh, we had gone to Urbana and uh, we got to meet um, Ralph Winter. I mean, he's, mm-hmm. he was the guy. I mean, he was one of the big yeah. major thinkers in global missions. Like the, the whole world knows who, knew who this guy was. Yeah. And I got to shake his hand and he handed me a book or something. And he said, Jeff, of the 25,000 people who are here at this conference, it'd be a terrible tragedy, terrible tragedy if all of you became missionaries. Ralph, you're just a crazy old man. What are you (laughs) talking about? You know, you're kooky. He says, no, look at this guy right here. He's got the vision. He's staying behind to mobilize others. Mm -hmm. You can't just all go. You got to get money together and people together and support together. And you got to just mobilize the the, the whole team. Mm -hmm. And I thought, well, that's just crazy. But after this thing with Tina and Mexico and all this, I'm thinking, well, maybe there is something there. And even though it was kind of hard to get into that mode, I started realizing that there was an itch that needed to be scratched. And there was a different way for me to be involved. And it sounds cheesy, but okay, Tina kind of closed the door on one thing, (laughs) closed the door on Russia and all that. But in the same way, she opened a door to the whole rest of the world Mm -hmm. because now I can guide people through missions experiences. And I've been to a lot of places, most continents, a lot and of places in between. Probably
0: more influence than if we'd just gone off to Bora Bora and right. lived in a hut, right? Yeah. So
2: which yeah. I could, never would have done. Could but. be, you know, there's always more that I'd like to be able to do. But if we look back, it's like, wow, there's been a lot of neat things that have gone on yeah. because of that. So mm-hmm. that's, that was the route for me.
0: That's how God works. Oh yeah. And it's and, so true. And we went on uh, several more trips, right? And then you went on yeah. several after I stopped going.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, I went by myself, well, not really by myself. I kind of was thinking, well, I want to keep going, but I thought it would be too selfish to just go by myself. Right. So how can I drag other people along and maybe replicate what happened to me in mm-hmm. others? Yeah. So we started going to different countries with different teams and through the years we've done all kinds of stuff. And some people actually got really bit and they became full-time missionaries. So I kind of feel pretty good about that. Oh, for sure. Yeah.
1: And so how did this look? Because then eventually you had children, yeah. the girls. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so this was pretty much how often were you gone versus home and working and all these things?
2: W- well, the the trips would be about, what, you know, like once, maybe twice a year for a week mm-hmm. at a time. something 10, like 10 that. days or something. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I wasn't gone a long time. But yeah, that first time I went, with you know, little Rachel was a little tiny girl. I was like, oh. Kind of selfish. And you said, well, yeah, you can go, but I, didn't, I never no. felt like
0: I should say no. I right. always felt a peace. And people yeah. would marvel at that. They're like, yeah. you have babies, and the girls are 11 and a half months apart. So now yeah. you have two babies. And I just always felt like he should go. Yeah. Mm. You weren't <laughs> I mean, going to go, but he should, yeah, should go. <laughs> not to get rid of you, but just <laughs> no, like. No, true. Yeah. No, absolutely. I mean, I just knew that God For would sure. take care of me at home, yeah. and it wasn't always easy every moment, mm-hmm. but. you know, some women will be like, no, my husband can't ever go away on trips. I'm like, I never Mm -hmm. felt that way. It's she's like, this is what you're called to. And I saw that you were good at it and Um, getting lots of information uh and everything like that and leading others. Was it
1: scary for you with him being, you know, just knowing the flights and the diseases and all the things? Um,
0: (laughs) I literally never felt scared about any of that. I, the joke just became, "Hey, make sure the life insurance policy is paid up, and have at it." Because he wanted to be like, "Hey, if I'm going to go out, I want to go out on a really great, awesome, yeah, like mission str- yeah, kind exactly. of thing." There's so, a meme about that, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure. So that was that was about it with that. So
2: yeah, it, it, it worked out. So I was the one doing the kind of in the trenches stuff, and Tina was the one kind of supporting me, waving the flag, saying, "Keep doing it." Well, and what I realized,
0: so everybody's called to missions in some way. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. you're a goer, you're, or you're a sender, or you're a prayer, right? Mm-hmm. I found out that I'm a sender and Jeff's a goer. That's
1: interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I I was on a missions trip the one time mm-hmm. and we were talking about this because we uh-huh. were together for New Year's Eve. But um, I too felt like that, Tina. <laughs> yeah. I was there and I really so I get that. Cause I, I wanted to be that person mm-hmm. because you feel like you ought to be. Yes. Here you are. You have this, everybody's praying for you and you're doing it, and there's this big lead up. Yes. But yeah, mm-hmm. I did not, I could not. <clears throat> either. I just did not feel called for it. So that's yeah. interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Do you hear so, that
0: now? Um, so Jeff, again, I know this answer, but when did mission guides actually start? Uh, the girls were little, but, but when, and like, why and how? Cause that's an interesting story too. You were taking these trips, but mission guides wasn't a thing yet.
2: Right. I was, um, well, also many different routes to get into the missions world. So I, I was just excited to do this sort of thing. So I wanted to go on these trips. I wanted to take people with me and I thought, well, maybe there is something here that I can do more full time or more officially or something like that. And I wasn't thinking too much about it because I was always able to do it on the side, whether it right. was vacation time from old jobs or things like that. Or uh, for a while I was a, mission, um, a youth pastor here in town and I got to take youth out. Mm-hmm. So I kind of became the sort of the missions pastor at this church. And, uh, people saw that I really had a passion for that. And, um, uh, long story, uh, <laughs> I was no longer going to be a youth pastor. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it felt kind of funny, but, uh, the, the, the person who said, uh, Jeff, you're not going to be our youth pastor anymore. The very next day said, but you've got this mission thing going yeah. on and we'd like to support you in this. So we think you should try and do something about this. We'll, we'll, we'll support you monetarily. We'll kind of support you, um, you know, with encouragement and just kind of help you get off the ground. And some other people in the church helped me write up, uh, you know, some bylaws, and we got incorporated and we became a, a real live five hundred one c three. And just like that, I'm like a small business owner. Who knew? Mm-hmm. Wow! And it was kind of a international missions mobilizing <laughs> agency. It's like, wow! How did that happen? But it just kind of happened, mm-hmm. and well, that's how it happened. Yeah. People saw that I had this this thing. Yeah. I was kind of good at some of it. Let's do it more formally and well, we you had the it. passion. Yeah, absolutely. Oh. And, and that, that was 2003 fact.
0: and you've never looked back since. Not really,
2: no. no.
1: So the girls grew up immersed in mission stuff. What are some of the ways that mission ideas naturally became incorporated into your family homeschooling life when well, they were young?
2: Well, it was pretty, it was very <laughs> easy when I would be going on a trip. They'd say, well, where's daddy going? <laughs> <Yeah>. Well, <laughs> he's going off, you know, he's going to the Caribbean or he's Back in the day, what, was it just the Caribbean I was doing down to Trinidad or was it Mostly going- Trinidad at that point. I think you went to Sri Lanka um, oh, when yeah, they yeah, were yeah. still young. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, I mean, I was on the other side of the planet. So yeah, that was kind of a yeah. weird big deal. So they yeah. definitely knew something was going on. Yes. We also had a world map on yeah. our
0: dining room wall, which we actually got the idea from Jeff's grandma, um, oh, yeah. who had a world map on their wall when her oldest son was in World War Two. Oh, wow. To track where, and they would yeah. listen to the news and track where he was. Uh-huh. And I remember you telling me about that right when we were
2: newlyweds. Mm-hmm. And so we always had this world map on oh. the wall. Yeah. So dad's over here right now. Dad's over there. And then I would come back and they'd get souvenirs and I'd tell them stories and yes. we would, uh, you know, talk about different cultures and things like that. And we would do something How cool. Yeah. Yeah. And I would, you know, I would be a part of reading to them every night. So there was a few, uh, missionary biographies in there and just through regular talking, we'd talk about how, um, you know, we, we've been called to do, you know, missions kind of stuff. God has saved us for a purpose and we can be a part of this great uh, global adventure. So there was, there was books, there was talking about things, there was dad going off and getting souvenirs for the kids and stuff like that. And there was also sometimes people from mm-hmm. the field, quote unquote, would come and visit us. Mm-hmm. So there we'd have somebody mm-hmm. from Trinidad in the house and they'd still remember, you know, this person with the crazy hair or this person with wow. the accent or <laughs> yeah. there was that person there. And, Um, or the missionary to, um, what is she in Laos or something?
0: And she, she used our area rug to show the girls how they plant rice there.
1: In the area rug? Yeah. yeah. I so mean, they, they like, didn't really yeah. plant it. So but they just pretended just that was a Yeah, little. they were
0: little, like four or yeah. five picking years old. And they still remember the that, you yeah. know? Yeah. Miss Linda, yeah. picking rice off of our area rug. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, what was oh, <laughs> that all about?
2: How cool. Yeah, I don't remember us doing much with food or anything like that. But there was just uh, this just general yeah. sense of things going on. And then, of course, I would preach from time to time and I'd be up in front. There was daddy talking about, oh, missions. Yeah. Oh, yeah, great commission. We know all about that. So it was just nothing really formalized, but it was just kind of this natural part of we were just rubbing yeah. off on
1: And it. I yeah. don't know if this is a question or not, because I haven't looked ahead, but what <laughs> about- You didn't know. <laughs> I know. Uh-huh. I couldn't help you Because I had no idea it was going to be you, Jeff, but- <laughs> Uh-huh. Um, I know Rachel has been on a trip with you.
0: Abby came with us. Oh, and
1: me. Abby too. Yeah. Okay, so- yeah. Talk about that with the girls yeah. going. Is so when that they were a scary older, thing? yeah. yeah.
2: Okay. Oh, yeah. Well, that, that was a little scary for me. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But real exciting for me because all of a sudden, all these, it, it was strange. I, I have been oh, down yeah. to Trinidad many, many times. And uh, they uh, uh, kind of watched the girls grow up with little pictures and things oh, on Facebook yeah. and things like that. And uh, when we came down to Trinidad, then the girls were what? Sixteen, seventeen. Uh,
0: yeah, I think. Yeah, 16 and 17. They were juniors in
2: high school. Yeah, so, they yeah. come down. They're like rock stars. I was like, ah, I'm sure, yeah. Rachel, they're here. <laughs> oh, oh, look, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was really fun, you That's know? Cool. Um, so anyway, that was kind of the first foray into real uh, homeschooling and missions kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. The thought was let's put a team together. And sometimes it's hard, of to, homeschoolers. Act, yeah, it's hard to get a team together sometimes. Yes. And I thought, well, what a way to really make this work by bringing homeschoolers, mm-hmm. giving them kind of this real um, hands-on experience that was, yes. I thought pretty unusual, you know, yes. I don't think mm-hmm. too many people do this sort of thing. Right. And not only was it the homeschoolers that I wanted when I got them, I got their parents with them too, mm. which mm-hmm. meant that we could go a little bit more serious with them. I could kind of, force them to do a few more things, you know, actually yeah. read this book, do a little report on this. And we turned right. it into kind of this, it uh, was almost like a semester long. Oh, yeah. well, the girls
0: got a credit for it yeah. between everything, semester. between the prep well, um, and the trip. Yeah. And, yeah. It was like
2: pre-trip training, but it was yep. also like a semester of you know world culture or something like yeah. that. Cause we talked about the theology of missions. Right. Why do you even do it? Let's Just talk immersion. About, yeah. History of missions, you know, what was going on in Trinidad? How did, how did people come to the Caribbean in the first right. place? Um, Hinduism. Okay. You're going to start seeing Hindus down there. How do you talk to a Hindu? What is, what is Christianity all about? And how does it interface with Hinduism? Are there, uh, this sounds strange. Is there some kind of common touchstone that you can kind of reach out to? It's like, okay, Hindu, you believe this, but this is what Jesus is all about. Let's kind of bring him towards that, right. you know? Yeah. And, and then there was a, a, it was a whole cultural thing as well. You know, go to the panyards and mm-hmm. listen to them play uh, steel drums where steel mm-hmm. drums were invented. Yeah. Let's go to the burning gats, you know, and mm-hmm. see where Hindus are uh, cremated and wow. just see that what that's intense. all about. That was incredibly intense. intense. Yes. Yeah. It's like, this is, this is, this is the real world. This is what people are like, and this is how we can interface with people. And it's what Jesus has called us to do. So now you know something and maybe you can do something with mm-hmm. with this. Yeah, and I said it was scary for me
0: because I purposely chose not to go. Mm-hmm. Like I would have been scared out of my mind to send my girls on a missions trip with a stranger, uh-huh, right? Right. They were with their dad though, and they were with their homeschooling friends and there were two other adult chaperones. Um, the other dad on the trip is mm-hmm. phenomenal. Hey, Bill. Um <laughs> Hi, Bill. so um I felt like it was important for me to, because they were 16 and 17 years old. It was important for me not to go. Sure. For yeah. my growth. Yep. For their growth and they were with their dad. It was just beautiful. (laughs) Yeah. It was a really good experience all
2: around. So Mm -hmm. yeah, Yeah, it was nice. And, And, and the whole purpose of that trip was, it was, there's always this back and forth with short term missions are we there to bless those you know those people or are we there to kind of bless ourselves and there's sort of a there's sort of a back and forth with that because we do get a whole lot Mm -hmm. when we serve Mm -hmm. and we see ourselves and understand our faith in a different way so we wanted to go down there and be kind of a youth to youth leadership kind of thing like hey look trinidad youth from Wisconsin can come down, they can do teaching, they can be leaders, they can be influencers, you can do it too. And by doing that, mm-hmm. not only did we stretch our kids, but we elevated their kids. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, it, you know, it was supposed to be this, you know, mutually beneficial thing. And I think something happened from that. Yeah. And it was really neat to be able to train up these kids because you know, one kid was really good with public address. So mm-hmm. let's make him one of the teachers. Rachel became one of the primary teachers yeah. one of the nights. And mm-hmm. Abigail, she was one of the singers. So, so like the lead worship singer, They, they yeah. put some worship mm-hmm. together and that mm-hmm. turned into something. So it was just a neat way to show them that, look, even though you're young, kind of like Timothy, mm-hmm. you've got what it takes. And it yeah. was fun to be a part of that. Yeah. Give them that opportunity.
0: And the other serious thing we did for the girls when they were teenagers was they took, and I took along with them, the perspectives class. Mm. So tell us what is perspectives and Mm. who can be a part of it and why should they?
2: Yeah. Okay. Well, one of the reasons um, this Ralph Winter was such a big deal is because he started something called the U.S. Center for World Missions. And he'd been around for a long time. I think he was a missionary in Guatemala in the maybe the 50s and 60s. And then in the 1970s, when the whole Jesus freak stuff was coming out and everybody (laughs) wanted to forsake all and preach the gospel, he was saying, this is the greatest thing ever. But these kids, they don't know nothing. They don't know anything about anything. And they're just going off and being very, um, you know, wild with their faith without really having a, a, a mind about it. Sure. So he started creating a thing called the perspectives course to give people the perspectives Mm -hmm. on the world Christian movement. What is this really all about? And back in the day, it was a correspondence course. You'd actually write papers and you'd mail it and they'd mail things back to you. Mm -hmm. And it turned into um, a 15 week college level course where you read lots of deep stuff from the, the the leading missionary thinkers of the world Mm -hmm. Um, then you come to the class where some of these deep thinkers actually are there live to teach you the stuff and you do little responses and you do little reports and you do a little project at the end. And when you're all done, you've got this big perspective Mm -hmm. and I don't do it justice by just explaining it to you because it sounds like a lot of work and it is a lot of work, but There are testimonies after testimonies after testimonies from pastors and even missionaries who are veterans Mm -hmm. 10, 20 years on the field. And they say, I've never seen the Bible this way. I've never understood it this way. I've got this whole new perspective Mm -hmm. that makes me realize, holy mackerel, we are part of something really, really, really big. Mm -hmm. And it's motivating. It's educational. It's something that gives you a whole different sense of how you can be a missional person from wherever doing almost whatever you want to do because God is using everybody to, to, to get the work done. Yeah. And Perspectives is a way for you to understand so it's, that it's offered all over
0: the country, it's right? Offered all
2: over the world, all over the world. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. All over the world. Mm. And it's one of these things where you bring people together and you do a class and you do a series of classes in a local church or a school or something like that. But now with, you know, the whole COVID thing and people becoming yeah. more savvy with being online, there's, there are digital versions of it becoming more and more available to people mm-hmm. but if somebody wants to find it um, perspectives.org you can find short videos and you can see synopsises of things yeah. and if you're a an alumni there's piles of resources for you mm-hmm. for after perspectives
0: yeah. yeah so the girls have i think a half credit on their transcripts for taking, just for yeah, taking the just, perspective class. I was going to so, say just yeah. for taking it. Yeah. Because that mm-hmm. was enough work. And there's oh, three different it. levels that you can take it at. Mm-hmm. Um, the lowest level, it's called the reader level, I think.
2: Uh, auditing level.
0: Auditing. Anyway, so Abby and I did that um, to, We and we got lots of reading and we did the responses, but it was kind of a more informal mm-hmm. thing. At that time, Rachel thought she was maybe called it to be a missionary. Sure. So she did the next level where she actually did a research paper yeah. project mm-hmm. at the at at the end of it and Abby and I didn't have to that's why I signed up for that level (laughs) but then there's also the final level if you're a college student Mm -hmm. then you actually can get a a college credit for it if you do something beyond all of that right but I would say Jeff what high school juniors and above maybe sophomores
2: yeah we were letting parents make the decision for people say look if this is uh, for my kid if they could if it's got what it takes, let them do it as, you know, heck, if you're 10 years old and you know how to handle it, go ahead. Yeah. Right. But yeah. we're thinking it's more of a high school college level. kind of. Yeah. Thing and I would
0: say if happy. a parent can take it with, I mean, that's what homeschool families are all about, yeah. right? Yeah. It shouldn't
2: just be the kid.
1: Go that's, take the class. That's exactly it. It's <laughs> learning together yeah. as a family. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. What is Mission Guy's latest, uh, newest endeavor?
2: Uh, newest endeavor. Well, um, we have always been about the three E's. Okay. We want to expose ordinary Christians to God's extraordinary work. We want to equip them with tools like the perspectives course to get involved with that work. And then finally, we create opportunities to engage the world. that's where we take all of our academics and we put it to work in places like Trinidad or Guyana or something like that. Mm -hmm. So, um, there's a number of different things that are new for us this year. We've learned a lot of things through the pandemic. <laughs> Everybody's online now. Everybody's doing things with Zoom or Teams or something mm-hmm. like that. So we were able to do a lot of things uh, like my job. I can actually do a lot of teaching with people all around the world. It's, it's not a big deal anymore. Not uncommon for me to be on uh, a Zoom call with India, Brazil, Germany, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, India all at the same time. That's nuts. Yeah. We're all <laughs> in the same room just talking about stuff. So I thought, well, why can't we do that with uh, missions? Yeah. So uh, the next thing we're trying to do is a virtual missions trip. Wow. Yeah. On a regular basis, yeah. right? Yeah. Very easy yes, yes. way to be exposed to the world. Mm-hmm. So everybody let's get around a zoom link and let's dial up and let's go to Trinidad tonight. Mm-hmm. And there's going to be our friend Ram Doth or somebody else. And Hey, tell us about current events. Tell us what's happening. What's it like to work with Hindus? Well, yes. you're talking to a person who's really doing it. Right. And we can learn about history and culture and all kinds of other stuff as well. So, you know, let's go to the Caribbean for an hour and a half, you know, next week and uh, next month, let's go to Malawi. The yeah. Week After that, let's go to Germany. Let's jump over to India. Let's go back to the Caribbean and see what they're all doing.
1: <laughs> that that sounds, um, I remember we did something with the kids and this is about as close as I got. You know, they've not ever been to a different country for missions either, but Yet. it was with sunlight.
2: Mm-hmm. Remember
1: that? Mm-hmm. And it was something about, it. but it was kind of like that in the sense they would send you like a box of stuff and we followed, oh, yeah. um, I'm going to, not what was her name? Minibin or something like that. I can't remember, but it was um, all about, helping because the women were illiterate. Mm-hmm. So we, but we followed this one woman uh, mm-hmm. and you heard about her story and you watch videos about her and just her yeah. life. And, mm-hmm. and it, um, to this day, my kids talk about it. They're 21 yeah. and 19. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. Uh, but that kind of reminds me of that, mm-hmm. but we were able to experience it from yeah. this level, just at home in our
0: basement. Yeah. Right. Rather now than like that, feeling like I can't go on a missions trip, yeah. at least you can start some exposure that way. Yeah. right, yeah. and. So we're actually kind of co-sponsoring these virtual mission trips at the homeschool loft, but Mm -hmm. they're not just for people here. Anybody in the whole country or whatever could sign up for them, right? The whole world could. I mean, if
2: you've got a stable internet link, come on in and we'll just meet each other and we'll Mm -hmm. talk and we'll pray and we'll understand each other and get to know each other. And Mm -hmm. maybe that could turn into actually on the field somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, let's come on over here. Let's not do this virtually. Come over to Malawi with us and let's do something together. Yeah. For Mm -hmm. real, not
0: virtually. That sounds amazing. Oh yeah. Yeah. And then you're going to do in person three week teams. What are okay, those about? So that's
2: the other thing. Okay. So yes. we're trying to go through the three E's here. The exposure. It's real easy. Let's go on a virtual missions trip one hour from your basement. Easy. <laughs> <laughs> Let's also then go a little bit deeper and start equipping each other. And I've, you know, I've been around enough to know that sometimes uh, these uh, small group Bible studies,
1: mm-hmm.
2: they're great. There's lots of value in it, but sometimes it just kind of, Get a little mushy, and they just kind of dissipate. And eh, what, are, what right. are you really doing with it? So I've been wanting to do what I'm calling, um, uh, small groups with a purpose, quote unquote. Okay, it's not so much that Bible says don't have a purpose, of course, but there's this idea of what are we doing with with our studies? Mm-hmm. So to make it a little easier for people, let's do a three week Bible study. Let's come together. We can do it live. Uh, we can do it in person, or we could still do it uh, virtually as well, come together around a zoom meeting. And, uh, the next one I want to do is with, uh, a friend I have from ratio Christi. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about apologetics. How do you start, you know, relevant evangelistic kind of opportun- uh, conversations with people in our culture, mm-hmm. make it kind of whimsical, make it easy. How do you, how do you do it? So we want to do one of those uh, that'll be coming up in a couple of months also want to do something based on the book when helping hurts Mm -hmm. because we do a lot of work in Malawi and it's really easy for us to, you know, show the pictures of little kids and everybody goes, Oh, I want to support. So throw some money at them. And, Mm -hmm. but, but what are we really doing to elevate those people when the money is gone? Well now what Mm -hmm. have we really helped those people? So let's get people around us to start talking about how we can do this kind of stuff, uh, smarter Mm -hmm. with more impact, how we Mm -hmm. elevate those people. So that they don't need our money. They don't need us. How do we, you know, essentially kind of homeschooling kids in another nation. So you don't want them to become dependent. So So that's kind of the next step in our exposure. And then of course, uh, engaging um, COVID protocols made it very difficult Mm -hmm. for for us to get into Guyana. We've been trying to get back there for three years now. But if everything works Mm -hmm. out, we'll have a team that goes down there in the um, summertime to do a vacation Bible school. And the real big new thing is mission guys is taking on the um, responsibility of raising funds and helping to do leadership training for a number of people in Malawi. Mm-hmm. about 250 kids, 220, 250 kids in Malawi who are orphans because of AIDS and abuse and abandonment and all kinds of crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. We want to help them. so we're you know doing a little adopt a student program. Mm-hmm. You're taking
0: over a ministry that a different, um, that a church was doing, but they've handed it
2: off to you. Right. But now we've got this opportunity to do leadership development, spiritual development with them in a more direct way. So that's something else that we're doing. And that's something that we'd really like people to be involved with as well. Come to the virtual trips, come to the, uh, the trainings, but then also, you know, if you want to get hands on. Let's uh, let's talk and let's go to Malawi. Let's go to India and work with church planters. Let, mm-hmm. We've got contacts and experience with people all over the world. Mm-hmm. We just want to start mobilizing people to kind of do it. Yeah. So, and
1: I can't think of a better, I mean, just that little simple program that we did with sunlight was so life-changing mm-hmm. and it was just the three of us, but the the things that we learned, and really here we are, if there's anything, you know, moms and dads, This is this is a no-brainer to get your kids involved in this where you have assistance and you have help. You know, so many times we have a book. What was that one book? I'm thinking of World world Worldviews or Uh,
0: Operation World. Operation. Oh yeah, yeah.
1: Right. Well, that's a good tool. And and that is a great great, Yeah. 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 It's a wonderful tool. But we can go further with that. So what a great thing. And don't think oh, but we don't have time. You know, we have to hit this academic and that Mm. nonsense. All of life is learning, and this right here, this is humanity. This is how they can see. You know, this this all counts. So don't don't put it down and yeah. you don't know if your children will be interested. What you can call this whatever, geography, yeah. history, science, you can call all those things because it's, it is all <laughs> you know, of those things.
2: Religious studies. or Exactly. that's yeah. the
0: whole thing. Yeah, yeah. So Jeff, I know, so your virtual mission trips for sure, no matter where somebody's listening, they could mm-hmm. go to missionguides.org and they could sign up and they could join us, right? They, they could find us yeah. and they could uh, send me
2: an email yeah. and say, I want to be a part of this mm-hmm. and I'll right. send them a But
0: link. what if they're sitting in Pasadena or I don't know, oh, yeah. Bar Harbor, Maine or something like that <laughs> That's pretty good geography on my part. i off uh-huh. the cuff, right? Um, what are some things that parents can do wherever they are to engage their kids in missions ideas? Yeah. Beyond what
2: you can do. I mean, certainly they can connect with you, but. Aha. Uh-huh. Almost like we <laughs> planned this. Okay. Yeah. Thanks for teeing it up there. Um, there's, a, there's a great website and you can find this in a lot of different missionary websites. But if you go to mm-hmm. omf.org. It's Overseas Missions Fellowship. That's the former um, China Inland Mission. So that was started by Hudson Taylor, the famous Hudson Taylor, all those years ago. But now it's called OMF. OMF OMF.org has got the six ways that people can be involved with the missionary world. And it doesn't all involve going overseas and forsaking all and eating weird food and saying goodbye to everybody. You know, there's tons of ways to get involved that are very valid and very uh, valuable and necessary because the missions world is changing all the time. And with the world shrinking and everybody going virtual, you can kind of get the people in a lot of different ways. So real quick, these are the six different ways and you can kind of find ways to, uh, interpret this for your own family. But the first one is, well, here, let me just run through them. You can learn, pray, go, send welcome or mobilize. Mm. So learning well, we're homeschoolers. We all know about it. Right? So, so let's just That's learn. Right. So learn, mm-hmm. you know, missionary biographies are a fantastic mm-hmm. way to just get into that missions world. Yeah. Uh see how just normal, everyday, regular people did superhuman stuff. And what's to say that you you can't do that as well. Yeah. Just go right. do it. Missionary biographies or learn about countries, you know, like what's happening in Russia and Ukraine and China, all those current events. Well, go to operationworld.org. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. bring up China. Well, what's the spiritual condition? What are the politics going on? How can you pray? What are some of the big issues that we could be a part of? Who are some people that maybe you could be a part of to uh, augment the underground church or something like that? Mm -hmm. Great way. So learn that way. Prayer. There's another uh, website out there called prayercast.com. And you can go all around the world. I think they have short videos from every single country this is what's going on. Here's some pictures Mm -hmm. of very well-produced videos, and this is how you pray for them. So Mm -hmm. get on in there. Going. The classic response, right? Mm -hmm. Well, you can go just like I went, like Tina went. Let's just talk to our church, talk to our missionaries, talk to somebody who knows it. I want to see what this is like. Most churches support missionaries, either denominationally or faith
0: missionaries. I mean, if they don't,
2: don't go to that church. Right. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so just go and, and go, you know, that's, that's right. it. But here's something that's a little bit weird for me because, you know, I, I want to be out there in the, the, the mm-hmm. big world, the exciting world, Indiana Jones world kind of stuff. Right. But the world is changing in such a way that you don't really have to go anywhere. Mm-hmm. The world is coming to us. So for example, uh, there's Somalis in town. It'd be very hard in for green you to Bay. go to yeah. Somalia, but yeah, they they're here in green Bay. You see them with their head covering. You see these tall Somali men walking yes. around the malls with them, stuff like that. There, there there's those people. There are Rohingya people. Mm. Rohingya, very. Uh, in green Bay. Well, let me tell you about that. Rohingya <laughs> people, very.
1: At the mall in Minneapolis, I'm sure.
2: Very well. put upon people, a, a majority Muslim people in the heart of very Buddhist Myanmar, formerly called Burma. Mm-hmm. Lots of persecution. That's where I went. Yeah, mm-hmm. there you go. So it'd be very, very difficult to get into the, the Rohingya people to be a missionary there because it's hard to get into the country, hard to stay in the country, hard to interface with these Muslim people. But persecution kicked a lot of people out and a whole bunch of them came to the United States. And I don't know if this is still true, but a while ago, the highest concentration of Rohingya people were in Milwaukee, Wisconsin.
1: Interesting,
2: Right here. The world wow. came right to us. Yeah. And let's see who else. Are Which
0: here means gone. that other refugees from other areas are wherever it is that you guys live. Yes. Afghanistan. Yes. Right?
2: Afghanistan yeah. is in the mm. area, too. And now every mm-hmm. single one of these people are displaced people. So they're feeling really out of their depth. They don't really know how to do anything. They need to know English. They need to figure out how to find a car. Um. What do I do with my kids? How do I get to a doctor? Where's the grocery store? What are all these forms I got to fill out? What am I supposed to do? Every single one of those people needs some help. And every single one of those things is a handle that you can use to get into their lives, start a relationship with them to build that relationship, to build and rebuild their lives and maybe build some kingdom influence in them. So you can be a missionary right here in town if you're strategic about it. So that's all about going. Sending. Send people. You don't help them out. Usually our missionaries are just a checkbook ministry. Just send a check. God be with you. Go and be fruitful. Mm -hmm. But many missionaries, when they come back to itinerate or just get a little bit of a break, they come out all burned out. They come out Mm -hmm. discouraged because they feel like they're all alone. They feel like they're not getting the work done. They can't, you know, they they just feel like they've got nothing to show for all their effort. Mm -hmm. And that's because they haven't felt really supported. But now with Zoom and things like that, you can talk to these people, get into their lives, pray with them, find out what's really going on, send them a Christmas package, find out what's really going on here, be their advocates here in town and let them know that they're not alone. Mm -hmm. Uh, William Carey, he was the guy who kind of invented short-term missions for all of us. He really kind of broke the mold on what missions was all about. And he had a friend who said, if you are willing to go into the mines I will hold the ropes for you. Well, I love that, you know? So we're there to hold the ropes for these people. Don't yes. just throw them off into the world and just let them go. Yeah. Let them know that they've got a little bungee that's holding them back. So find out how to send so people I'm probably. picturing like a homeschool family adopting
0: a missionary family exactly. and having their kids write letters to mm-hmm. them. Because I'm think about that, 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 that's educational. How do you write a letter? How do you make sure it doesn't sound stupid? That's
1: right. And can I just say that, you know, uh, I went, I did go to Burma. Uh-huh. Myanmar. And just like you were saying, you know, we, we make this about, oh, we're going off and we're, we're going to go and Mm -hmm. we're on this mission strip. And what are we going to offer them until you're completely humbled. And in this time in particular, so we had all, I was in kids ministry, led worship in kids ministry. That was my thing. And um, so we worked with uh, Peter from Myanmar and we had their, the, these children, we had their pictures mm-hmm. and we had been praying for him. We had them up. You know, we even had on our fridge at home. But when I got there, this little boy, uh, he ran over to his little hut type house and he came back with me. A picture of me oh, and a, all these Hello. little notes that he had written me. Uh-huh. And he never he said my name, Janny. Instead of Jenny. So J-A-N-N-Y. And he had written me all these little love notes and how much he was praying for me and my picture. And I cannot tell you, changed. Done. Right then and there. Mm-hmm. Just
2: unbelievable. Well, that's it. And and especially with Zoom where you can see people and things like that, just call them up and see what's happening. Make it regular. Pray for them and things like that. And this sounds a little uh dramatic, but you know, if you've got a missionary friend in the Ukraine or something like mm-hmm. that, what a way to understand world yeah. you know, what's going on. You yeah. know, here there they are with their laptop. Hey, you want to see what's going on here. They turn their laptop exactly around. and There's it. a Russian tank going that's by. Right. You know that's what right. a thing yeah. uh-huh. right there as yeah. is happening.
1: And that's exactly it. Well, that's that next question that I have for you is why should all Christian homeschoolers? And this seems like such a st- for for us because we get this. Mm-hmm. But why, Jeff, should all Christian homeschoolers include missions, mm-hmm. education, and experience in their children's learning endeavors? Well.
2: Like I said at the beginning, it's the meaning of life, really. This is, you look at the Bible, the whole entire Bible is God's missionary heart saying, I'm going to bless regular people to take care of the nations. Jesus just re- reiterates it by saying the Great Commission, go into all the world, baptize, train, teach, all that stuff. Um, but then he also gives his disciples, which now includes us, kind of the metrics. It says this gospel, this is a, uh, what is this, Um uh, Matthew twenty four. No, twenty-four fourteen that says oh, that this one. gospel mm-hmm. will be preached as a testimony to all nations and then the end will come. Mm-hmm. So if you're kind of tired about tired about politics and the war yes. and you're saying, come Lord Jesus, let's mm-hmm. make this happen. Good. Just end this thing. Yeah. Well, he's kind of saying, you've got some work to do. Yeah. We've got to get out there and help people understand that the grace of God is for all peoples everywhere. And if we can be a part of moving that needle somehow, that's great. And as Christian homeschoolers, we've got the time, we've got the opportunities. We've got maybe the nimbleness to actually figure this out mm-hmm. And just go and do it. And maybe, who knows, there's a homeschooler out there who's going to bring in the last people group. Mm. Just like that. Boom, here comes Jesus. Now, I don't know if that verse yeah. is a promise or a yeah. command, but somewhere in there, mm-hmm. we are being responsible. We have to be responsible for it. Jesus uh, uh, is it Paul in 2 Corinthians, we've been given this ministry of reconciliation. We are ambassadors as if God is making his appeal through us. So we are his conduit somehow. We're a part of the whole Abrahamic thing. We are just like Abraham. We're just like Paul and Peter and anybody else who went off. It's just now our turn to, to, to move the baton to the next lap, you know? That's powerful. Yeah, that's what it is. And that's why I got so excited about it. And all these years later, I'm still excited about it because we're, the whole planet is ours, which is pretty neat.
0: And I'm literally excited to be a part of it too, from the sending perspective, you know, it sounds weird, but it's very cool to tell people my husband does this and yeah. yeah. And it has involved my kids in it and everything.
2: So yeah.
1: Well, Jeff, do you have any parting thoughts? um,
2: Well, just that, you know, we're, we're here to do that. uh, The, uh, the, the sending, the welcoming, the mobilizing, the learning, the praying, the going, all that kind of stuff. And we might think, well, what does that mean? I I don't know. I'm, I'm. (laughs) just a little person in a little town. I've got no resources, but I remember coming back from one of these trips, you know, you'd spend six or seven months planning for a trip. You're so excited about the trip, the trip, the trip. And then poof, before you know it, you're back on the airplane, you're flying home. It's like, Oh, I'm just going back to dumb old hometown, dumb (laughs) old job. Never going to do anything special again. (laughs) But I was coming home from a trip like this and, uh, I hit on I think it's Acts seventeen where Paul is talking to the uh, the philosophers on uh, Mars Hill. He says God has determined the length of our days, the length of our days, in the exact places where we should live. And that hit me like a ton, ton of bricks. Like, oh, I'm going back to my dumb old town, to my dumb old job because God wants me there. Mm-hmm. I all see I I see us and the world and our lives almost like God's gigantic chessboard. He knows where he wants to put his people and he's got these moves and he's got many moves in his mind ahead of, ahead of anything. And, and here we are. And sometimes we feel like we're just a dumb little pawn, but you know what? A pawn, even if it stays in its same position, the entire game changes things. Mm-hmm. It's like a rock in the stream. Mm-hmm. Things have to go around it. Things have to be moved. Things have to be in, uh, things are influenced by that. So even if you're just a little pawn, God has you where you're supposed to be. So using these six different ways, just be the best pawn you can possibly be and be faithful with that. And all of a sudden, you know, God is getting his work done and you're being faithful to to your work. So it's okay to be you here now where you're at. Just Mm -hmm. be good at it.
1: Thank you so very much, Jeff Hollenbeck. That is powerful. And it just brings to light uh, this call to educating your children is so much more than we could have ever, ever Mm -hmm. possibly imagined that it would be. And God has a high standard. And I hope that you're blessed today. It's okay to. to be a little bit uncertain when you start this homeschooling journey, but you know that when you remain with God, you can't fail. Mm -hmm. Be blessed friends.